Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, we got the whole team again, Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and myself, Brianna Lerner. Hello, hello, everybody. I realized on one of my last episodes uh, that we had done... I didn't include myself. I was like, oh, it's the MTI team. Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and I don't know who I am. You didn't say you. Oh, my God. This wouldn't happen without her. This would not happen without her. not true. Not true. I always love our insights. And and we are around the round table again. Yeah, I'm excited to be back in our actual studio. Um, And so one of the things I want to talk about today, and this is going to be just kind of a general conversation. And I before we jump in, I want to ask our listeners out there, please, please, please get engaged with us in the conversation about this because this is everywhere right now. And it's this idea of quiet quitting. And uh, if you're not familiar, if you haven't read it, I mean, just look at any uh, article going across the internet right now. LinkedIn is just uh, had several of these. And to me, it's not a new phenomenon, but let's explain a little bit about what it is. So they're suggesting that we are in a space right now where the workforce is quietly quitting. So essentially not going above and beyond anymore in their tasks, not giving that extra, as we would call, discretionary effort towards things and just kind of psychologically um, stepping out of the work that they're doing on a day-to-day basis. We talk about this in terms of engagement, and we've been talking about it in terms of that for a long time. But I guess what comes to mind for you all when you've heard this term and we're seeing this pop up on every single news feed that we've gotten so far? Well, I I think you bring up a good point that this is certainly nothing new. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we've seen this kind of phenomena occur in workplaces for a very long time. Um, But I do think it's really come to people's forefront of their minds or their thinking, I guess, especially with the pandemic, you Mm -hmm. know, and everybody kind of uh, reevaluating their balance, I guess, their their work-life balance. Um, So I think that there's a lot of folks out there, and this is why I think we see this a lot in the media that there's a lot of folks out there that are they still need that job they still need that paycheck and so they're kind of doing the the bare minimum to get by but like you say they're not expending any discretionary um, effort. You know, they're not going above and beyond. They're kind of doing um, just what I call willing compliance, you know, just doing the bare minimum just to kind of get by. Another way I kind of look at it is they're there to collect the paycheck. Yeah. yeah it's, I, you know what I love about us and our language is um, we love to come up with new words for the same thing. <laughs> you know, I love it. I love it. And, and then they kind of go in our buzzword, you know, dictionary. And I, you know, when I really, you know, got my first, you know, big girl job, you know, decades ago, and you would hear buzzwords, you know, uh, now you hear things like run it up the flagpole and, you know, let's circle back and just uh, all kind. And I love this quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's about engagement, mm-hmm. but you're right. Just the the heightened awareness, yeah. And I think, and how fun it is to say quiet quitting, and <laughs> you know, ever, want a training on quiet quitting. You know, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, oh, so on engagement. Okay, yeah. I've been here 13 years, and we've always um, been doing training and education on engaging your workforce, right? So I think you're right. It's just kind of that heightened. 
um, yeah. awareness. And, you know, we talk about that. I was thinking, you know, I just started a supervisory series with one of our clients and that's day one. I mean, we literally talk about engagement to kick off uh, day one because it is something that could truly change the scope of the workplace with a little bit more I guess, intentionality, some investment, some understanding of where we're at, what we need to be doing and how we can get there. And so, you know, one of the things we, we do discuss is this idea of discretionary effort. Um, and you, you you can't make somebody have that. You got to you got to they got to want it themselves. But there are some things we might be able to kind of do to get them in a better place of wanting that. And you all have been leaders for a long time. Uh, talk about some of the ways that you've set your office up or you're setting up or just people up for success for wanting to give that extra discretionary effort. The idea that this is willing Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what we we think. Well, if I do this, they'll do that. But the idea of compliance, I'm complying because I'm being asked. But the initiative to do without being asked. Right. Right. Is kind of that what we're talking about now going beyond uh, what we're being asked to do. You know, I think um, when, when I think about that question, uh, Brianna, I think that there's a lot of things that, like you say, I think that people have to... Uh, realize their own full potential within mm-hmm. themselves, right? However, um, as leaders, I think that there's a lot of things we can do. First and foremost is to really understand your employees. Um, know who they are. Know what motivates them. Mm. Um, use what, you know, because we often talk about, you know, leaders giving their employees motivation, but you can't do right. that. You know, right. motivation, people are already motivated. So it's recognizing what already motivates them. It's about using their unique talents and their unique strengths um, in ways that make a meaningful contribution in some way. And when you can link those two things together, I think what you will find is that people will start to expend more of that discretionary effort, you know, because they, you know, I mean, I know that we all work because we need the cash, right? We need the money. But beyond that, I think that people who really are very satisfied in their jobs, mm-hmm. um, they know how they make that meaningful contribution. And uh, I think the more that leaders can really align that those individual strengths and talents to those meaningful contributions, I think that you will fi- start to see that people become a lot more engaged Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I love that you said there, you're talking about that. And there's actually research that supports um, Gallup came out with that, that people who use their talents and their strengths are six times more likely to be, I'm going to use the word engaged <laughs> because that's really what we're talking about here. And so in order to know that and to know what uh people can contribute, you've got to know your people. And I think that's often where we fall short. Uh, again, sitting in that that class uh, that we just started with the, my new supervisors, I uh, every time I mention it, you know, being on, uh, boots on the ground and being out and being present, uh, I'm seeing all of them saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and they're going in their head. I can just like, I, I can read their foreheads and they're saying, yep, you know, mine doesn't do that. They sit in their office all day doing the paperwork, you know, and I I get that. I get that there's an element of that, but there is so much intentionality that has to go in into this to knowing your people so that your people can be set up for success, too. But let me ask this. Thinking about um, this idea of discretionary effort, the above and beyond, should we be expecting that as organizations? Well, I, I think it's very difficult to 
um, when you think about a job and we, the first thing that kind of pops into my head is that job description. Mm -hmm. And although I think job descriptions will outline the majority of the big things, sometimes it's, we have to also remember that jobs evolve and jobs kind of change over time. And so what might actually be written in those job responsibilities that, that, that job description, you know, might not necessarily, when that was written five years ago, might not necessarily be the Mm -hmm. same as what it is today. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, jobs do evolve. Changes that happen in the organization causes different jobs to change and morph and to evolve. Um, so um, it is a hard balance. Right. I, I mean, I, I can see both sides of this coin where um, employees might not necessarily feel that, you know, well, I, you hired me for this, yet you're asking me to do this. You know, and, and I get that. I understand that. Um, at the same time, employers should probably take a look at some of those job descriptions and ask themselves when was the last time they reviewed it when was the last time they uh, you know what's changed in it and trying to keep up with that kind of thing you know the other thing that I think is interesting is that when we ask employees to maybe go above and beyond there are certain costs associated with that Um, and so are employers taking a look at what those costs are for example if you're asking me to go above and beyond that might mean that I have to miss my kids ball game that night Mm -hmm. or I have to maybe stay late or come in early um, or whatever that or travel somewhere, you know, for the job. Um, and, you know, are employers uh, willing to kind of what I call pay that cost? You know, are they willing to maybe, for example, if you require me to travel, does that mean I get maybe an extra day off next week when I'm not traveling, you know, or something like that? Or, um, you know, so what do those policies look like um, within the job? Um, so I think that there's steps that people can take, uh, leaders can take and organizations can take. Yeah, you know, I think there's an emotional engagement that maybe this is speaking to a little bit because we don't do a lot of the stuff we used to do as far as that extra hours. You know, I remember spending many evenings at uh, community events um, because it was job related, a lot of networking things, a lot of business development. But these were things that were all in person, required me to be away from my home physically. And a lot of that does not exist anymore. A lot of that physical extra duties. However, I think what this really speaks to is that emotional disengagement Hmm. um, that we haven't kept up with that because you said, you know, jobs aren't the same today, even if you're holding the same title, (laughs) right, or level or status or however your organization defines um, that, it doesn't look the same. So uh, you're right, you know, redefining what that means, Mm -hmm. um, because I think there's an emotional disengagement. Like, I don't want you to just do that task, but think of all the things surrounding that task, you know. So I I think that's the emotional disengagement that this, you know, quit and stay mentality has. You know, I was in a I was doing a training session one time and I remember that we were talking about the idea of uh, offering up praise, you know, for people when they're doing things well on the job. And so recognizing the extra effort or recognizing when people kind of go above and beyond. And I had a gentleman raise his hand in the class. He says, Dewey, I don't think a 
it's my job to recognize every little thing that people are doing. Um, and I just thought, oh, no. Um, he goes, that's what the paycheck is for. And so, I, you know, I, I certainly understand what he's talking about. People um, get hired and we pay them and that's kind of the exchange. However, I want to take us all back. When was the last time you all actually received a paycheck, <laughs> an actual physical piece of paper that was in the form of a check that you actually. And I remember having to stand in line to get them every two weeks. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, this is. What? I I oh, yeah. It. We have to go down I to HR and, and get your envelope. It, smelled it. You know, I had to take it to the bank and physically give it to another person to put it into my account, you know, and it meant probably a lot more than what it does today. You know, now everything's just direct deposit. People just, you know, they don't, they don't, they're not making that connection so often about, you know, here's why I do the things that I do for these two weeks to receive this amount of pay. So, and the other thing is, is gosh, if I'm, if I'm spending the majority of my waking time in, in a work setting, um, I hope that I'm doing that where people can recognize what it is that I'm doing, you know, the good things that I'm doing and to, um, uh, to be able to recognize that. So I just thought, oh, he, you know, here's a, here's a guy that just didn't quite get it, you know? Um, uh, so I, I encourage everybody to go out there and recognize, you know, again, increase the engagement by recognizing the contributions that people are making, hmm. uh, in, towards your goals. Well, and I want to speak to what, um, what Ray was mentioning too, about the emotional, kind of the emotional checking out a little bit, uh, because because in full transparency, and I don't think it's unknown to either of the two of you sitting at this table with me. I mean, and I used this as an example in my training yesterday, identifying, you know, we might not always know when we're there. But one thing, and I'm going to uh, paint a picture on this that uh, you all did for me over the last what few months when we we're going through the annual eval process. And you were asking me to come back through and to, to talk about what are the things that I really enjoy doing, right? Those things that get me really fired up about what I do uh, day to day versus a list of things that I felt like I kind of like had to be doing, right? Because there were priorities for the organization. And, um, and the list didn't mesh. You know, I think that there were some differences in where things were at. And uh, and we made a very big change. You know, you, you all came back and number one, you listened to me. You took that document, you listened to me and you understood, all right, what are some ways that we can still use some of these things that she enjoys doing? We're seeing maybe some skills that her being able to do, uh, those talents, those strengths, and how can we rewrite this? And and I'll tell you, it was almost like a, um, a light switch happened in my head where, um, okay, like I really? You're going to let me do this? This stuff? I can do all this stuff right now? And it, it it creates an emotional reattachment, I think, to some things when you do feel inundated with just checking the box and getting the tasks done. So we are inundated as human beings with messages all the time on the things we're supposed to be doing. We're busier now than we've ever been as individuals, or at least there's that mentality that we are. I don't know. I, I think that's still up for discussion. But um, it, it's just incredible to me how how quickly uh, just taking the time to number one, listen, uh, as you're all, you know, knowing my bosses have my back and listen, but then also really taking that information and utilizing it in a way where we're still being productive as a team. Things still haven't uh, changed too much for us, but here we are again. And uh, it, it's kind of a reset and it's an emotional reset. 
I, you know, I think reset's a great word to use for that. And I think managers, you know, probably need to all do that reset, which mm-hmm. is, you know, what Dewey was talking about. And Brianna gave a good example of that. And, you know, just sit back, take a moment, reevaluate what's really going on, because we we aren't here to motivate people, but we certainly need to understand the reasons behind their motivation. And I'm telling you, it's changed. Mm-hmm. Post pandemic, the reason people do things has changed. So what we went into the pandemic with thinking, oh, I know that about my people because you're all good managers. Now you've got to go back and catch up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and check back in because is it the same reasons? Because I'm telling you, a lot of life, um, you know, ahas were happening in the last 24 months. And you mentioned the the mentality that we're busier than we've ever been. Um, you know, what a point! What a point to make. You know, are we? What are we choosing? Mm-hmm. What are we not choosing? Because I think people and and that's where we're seeing, you know, what led into the great resignation, you know, was people are finally going, you know what, maybe not, you know, and uh, kind of just that shift in focus. That's, that's a very interesting question. Are we busier than we've ever have been? Or is it just that we have had to reinvent how we do what we've done. Um, you know, I know our team, for example, you know, where's most of what we did was very face to face type of training and delivery of our services. And we had to radically change how we do things. And hence, now we have a podcast that we mm-hmm. uh, never thought about doing before, but now we, we do um, every Wednesday. So, um, you know, we've had to we had to reinvent ourselves. So yes, that probably took a lot of time and energy to do, but we're still delivering our services, right? Maybe just in a new way. Uh, do you all feel that it's getting, uh, that we're getting more used to the new way in which delivering things? So the time is, is it's not as much time focusing on the new? Yeah, I, I think, and, and to answer, yes, I'm going to answer both those questions because I think the first one, I bring that point up when we say that we're busier now than we've ever been because I'm still in limbo about it. I don't think, when I talk to my grandma and I think about the stuff that she had to do back in the day, oh, yeah. going and working at the factory and then taking care of the kids, you know, while grandpa's still out on the farm and the kind of hard labor that went into all of that as well, that was busy. That was a lot of work, a lot of hard, strenuous work. And, you know, my husband and I, we talked about that and our gratitude for for not working on the railroads or, you know, having to be in those spaces. We're grateful for where we're at now. I think the problem comes back to the always on mentality. So it's not a matter of are we busier now than we've ever been? I don't think that that's true. I think that we're just always on now and we can attribute that to technology. Well, that is definitely something to consider too. You know, um, business used to take place from nine to five mm-hmm. <laughs> and then boom, you know, we truly. Shut. And now it's 24, seven, 365. Um, and if you're not, if you're not doing that as an organization, you're probably messing out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. People can contact you as an organization any, any time of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, here's, the thing that's not going to change right that's right and so what has to change is our approach to that and back to the reset you know um 
So let's talk about what being on means and what being off means. And, you know, managers kind of adjusting their expectations and clearly communicating that just because I'm emailing you at 10 o'clock at night, that's because it's convenient for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got to do it while I'm thinking about it. Mm. Um, and I don't have the same life pressures or let me say this. I have different life pressures than others. So if 10 p.m. works for me or probably more 4.30 a.m. Yeah. Uh, 10 10 (laughs) p.m. I've been been sawing logs for about an hour. But, um, you know, so... But what I'm what I mean to take this further is then but my communication then is and I know Brianna and I have spoken about this. I don't expect you to respond until it's within those hours that we've already discussed, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, you know, when she's off or you're off, Dewey, you know, are you off off off? Right. Or are you off because you're, you know, taking care of a a loved one, but they sleep a lot. And, you know, so I can so feel free to message me. I mean, those are just conversations you have with your people. Right. So that you can respect their space and their boundaries. But again, technology is not going to change this always on feeling. It has to change in our minds, Mm -hmm. in each individual's minds and you have to come with I'm not always on and I think that's what we're seeing (laughs) period yeah I think that that I mean to your point exactly I think that's what we're seeing when I think of this this quiet quitting I really think that that's an element of it too is I'm making the conscious choice now to not always be on anymore and it's taking some organizations back by surprise a little bit what (laughs) you're not (laughs) and and people are in places now where they maybe can afford to do that a little bit more than they used to back in the day and so again going we've talked we did an episode on employees and it changing where it's now really instead of it being employer driven uh, workplaces. Now, this is really employee driven workplaces or, you know, potential employee driven workplaces. So people are saying, like, I'm not going to do it anymore. And I think organizations are going, what? Why? Mm-hmm. And maybe to your point exactly. And that we've finally decided, look, like, I don't want to be on all the time. Right. It's exhausting. You know, we were talking the other day about being a nimble organization. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, again, kind of updating and modernizing our mindsets is um, we don't need, you know, 10 months to strategically plan this and we don't need multiple layers of, you know, um, okie dokies. Yeah, absolutely. That, hey, if this is what's best for our team, Right. And we still have the outputs and the outcomes that maybe if we're, you know, a pass through or cross functionally, then do we have to run it up the flagpole? You know, (laughs) Um, but again, being nimble is also about giving people the, the power to do what's best for their team. And I think that helps with this quiet quitting. You know, it's like, again, I I love the way that you talked about updating our mindsets a little bit. A a very traditional way of thinking was you got to be in a in a brick and mortar building between these hours from this time to this time. And, you know, do I really need to do that? Or can I just take my laptop and plug it in at a coffee shop and get Mm -hmm. probably even more done um, sitting there having a cup of coffee um, or pumpkin spice latte? 
(laughs) (laughs) not in my brick and mortar building. Right. Or, you know, so I think you're seeing a lot more of uh, hopefully a lot more of that flexibility being built within organizations as well. I'm going to say that's going to come. That is already Mm -hmm. back on the negotiating table um, because I will say and we worked at home. All of us have that luxury once in a while. And and, you know, especially we got used to it when we were, um, you know, home for the pandemic. But there's a difference now that I'm not even in the same town as you guys. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot that happens when we're together physically that has no chance of happening Honestly, Um, so I think we're even going to see an influx of get back to the office. We already start to see that. You know, I know a lot of uh, organizations that are starting to use those words. It's time to get back. It's time to get back to the office. But I will say this, too, at the same time, I think for what works for us with you moving to Kansas City and um, working from home a lot more um, is we're a lot more intentional you know, I think with each other. And when we meet, whether that be we meet online or whether we meet physically when you are in town and and those kinds of things, I think we are um, having to be a little bit more intentional about those those moments. Yeah. But the incidental moments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are kind of lost, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Those little, hey, how was your weekend? And, you know, you have a conversation pretty soon. uh, An idea pops into your head. Exactly. That could that could um, uh, really impact the work or or, you know, a new idea that could really um, boost sales or whatever it may be. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I go back just to the conversation. And this happened months ago, but we were here in the studio and we were talking with somebody who manages mm-hmm. uh, all the studio time. And and he we were just kind of shooting the breeze, so to speak. And Brianna's, you know, uh, having a they talk at a different level uh, when they talk about <laughs> their technologies, you know. So I'm just sitting there, you know, kind of rocking back and forth. And uh, but what I was watching was this dynamic of in this howdy doody, you know, hey, great to see you again. Thanks for letting us use the studio kind of thing that he started talking about an editing software, you know, just spontaneously. And she was mm-hmm. like, oh, that sounds like something we could use. Right. And before you know it, before yeah. Brianna, you were leaving, you were like, let me go in and get this from yeah. you. You know, I mean, that stuff. Because you are you going to call him up and say, hey, I want to intentionally talk about like the breeze, right. you know, and, and see what comes up, you know, right. Um, Cause it wasn't on your head that particular moment, but what an opportunity mm-hmm. just because we're in the same physical space. I'll be interested to see, you know, Gallup releases those um, engagement uh, surveys every year. And, you know, I know that we saw the beginning of 2020 engagement had gone up, yeah. you know, substan- I say substantially. I mean, it's always in the 30s percentages, which right. is still really low, but 36 percent compared to where we're at now in 2022 at 32 percent. Mm-hmm. And I'll be interested to see as we go along over the next couple of years, how that might go back up again, because I think to to all of our points here and what, what we're talking about and transitioning maybe back to the workplace, um, people had a, an elevated sense of freedom when they got to go home. They got to be a little bit more maybe engaged in the things they wanted to be engaged. And I use the example of maybe you needed to take a walk, you know, in between your <laughs> meetings and you could do that from your house. Maybe you're not doing that being pulled back to the office as much now. But we're going to see exactly what you're saying here in the synergy that's created with being back in the office again. And I'm wondering if that's going to elevate those levels 
of engagement. Yeah, great again. word. Great word. And, you know, maybe we even need to change just as I'm sitting here. You know me. I'm always, you know, but instead of saying, let's get back to the office, how can we frame that in a, you know, a future forward thing? Because when I think of let's get back to the office, it means we're going to get back to the way things used to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know that is absolutely not true. Right. And so it just made me start thinking about how can we put out our own buzz word, our buzz phrase. We can come up with a new buzz yes, word. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because, you know, we're not we're not going back to anything. You know, I mean, even the physical spaces look different because I office share now. And Mm so I she and I have a a different way of organizing the office. So we've got to, you know, so nothing looks the same. Right. Um, You know, the address might be the same, but that's probably about it. So we need to be coming up with a a future (laughs) um, and. Kind of buzz phrase. Coming, My mind's reeling. Yeah. Coming soon to an episode near That's you. Right. Uh, we will try <laughs> MTI buzzword for this. Well, we are. Or give us suggestions. Yes, yes, yes. Please do. <laughs> I, I love I, that. Like I said, I really at the top of this episode. I want your all's ideas on this too. We love the the back and forth. So email us MTI at Missouri.edu, or you can leave a comment on this episode description. We check those as well. Um, but in the last few seconds here, y'all, any final thoughts? Just. Uh, think about, you know, really understanding your employees, really understanding their unique talents and how they contribute and making sure that we're connecting those two and that we're um, letting them know we appreciate the talents that they bring. Awesome. People first. That's right. That's right. And with that, then uh, I'm going to go ahead and quietly quit this podcast episode (laughs) uh, and say, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.